You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, good evening, and good night. Good night. <laughs> that was good. That was short and sweet. So, um, Sid Talk. Well, this is an observation. This is this is it. So, this is an ab- observation I made, and I don't know if you, the listener, have ever. Made was this, this something we were discussing? Made this observation okay. as well. And the observation is, whenever you're watching a movie, and maybe the movie is about a real-life thing, and the filmmaker has decided some of the real-life people should be in the movie to, um, you know, our respect, or, you know, just because we're making a movie and these people are with us, so we're going to put them in there. They're almost always easy to spot. And even if you're not even thinking about it, Sometimes there'll be a scene and you'll go, oh, I bet that guy's a real guy. Like, for instance, the World Trade Center movie that Oliver Stone made. There was a lot of cops who were involved in that in that incident, and uh, they're in the movie. And there's scenes where they actually talk. And they're fine. And they're fine. But you just But it's no. quite obvious always that they're not an actor, and they're the real person. And why is that? That was my um, point. Because you can spot it. When I tried to think, well, why can I spot it? I can't give you an answer to the why I can I spot it. Because their ego is not as big and juicy as like an actor person's ego. So the way they behave in front of the camera is like often more natural. Nat- or not natural, as in they, they're probably super conscious, self conscious about and it. And super nervous, probably. Always. You know, if, you're on the, if you're on the set of a big movie and you're not. A movie person, you're probably nervous. and you don't have all. You just don't have that personality. But it sticks out, and it's weird. And and it, the movie we're going to look at today, it, there's, I that was what made me think about it. I was like, oh yeah, that's. And then it turned. It's going to be look, somebody who really wasn't this. And it was, yeah, it's yeah. just a funny thing, and I'm sure you can always spot it in any movie that's based on a real thing. And in fact, you've done it quite a lot, and mm-hmm. so have I. And gone, I bet that's the real guy, and it turns out it is because they'll show a photograph of him. So, with that said, before the After the Show discussion, it is Saturday, June the 7th. This is After the Show number 330. What is After the Show, Sid I think it's somebody's birthday today, my family. I'm going to think, oh, I think it's my Aunt Pam's birthday. And that, that is, is what the show is about. <laughs> Damn, I'm not so good with dates. They kind of sneak up on me. Uh, what is this? What am I synopsizing the podcast? Yeah, what, what is this podcast to the listener who hasn't never tuned in before? Talking to me about movies. That means nothing to these people. You're married. I'm married. We're married to each other. We talk about a movie that we just watched. Enthusiastically often. (laughs) And then we talk about other stuff. Like you talk about games endlessly. I talk about what we eat. I give you some really good advice at the end. Like really good advice. Or observation. If somebody followed every piece of advice you have done over the frit, what, what kind of person would they be? They'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably me. Well, I don't always follow my so you advice. So you only consist of 330 pieces of information <laughs> and, and ways to live. Only? Gee, many Christmas. They're not all great gems of 
observational... Anyway, price. we're off topic here. We're back on to... You said to tell them what this is. And know, this I'm is just, what I, it is. This is me and you talking. I'm reining, That's it. I'm reining it back in. <laughs> reining it back in, Rick. You are such a control freak. All right, so the movie we're looking at this week is Lone Survivor. It's a 2014 movie. It's going to be released this week, so you can pick it up on Tuesday. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Universal. There is a tagline to the movie. The tagline is, Live to tell the story. And Sid Talk, can you give us the synopsis of the movie... Lone Survivor. Hmm. It, it seems on the surface easy to synopsize. I'm sure whatever English people listen to this, that's not the right word. But, I mean, ultimately, it's just about what went down with one of the secret operations with the Marine SEALs, Navy SEALs, um, a few years ago. On, like, one of their secret ops. 2005. Operation Red Wing. Right. I mean, I'm just saying it's that's what it is. Like a rundown of that. The title of the movie is the only, is the biggest spoiler. There is a dude who survives. He's told the story, and this is us seeing more of and, what happened. And this is a, um, but it's still a Hollywood movie. And it was already a best-selling book, so it's a. Uh, it's not adaptation. a documentary. This no. is a movie movie. Sure. No matter how true to it they want to be, it still is a movie. Well, there are some... Uh, I, I just read what are the bits. There are parts in this movie that were completely dramatized. Uh, just too... Do you mi- mean fictional? It's all dramatized. Um, parts that were mm. fictional. Yeah, um, parts that were not... Didn't happen at all. All right. Like what? Well, that would be a spoiler, wouldn't it, oh. if I said that? Well, I want Let to. me tell you that the end... The ending? The yeah. end scene? Yeah. Did not happen. Okay. That's that was kind of a movie ending. The ending in real life isn't quite as interesting. Sweet. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, Disney-esque. <laughs> yeah. Um and there's also some other things that happen in this movie and I am going to do some code to you <laughs> to not spoil it for the viewers. I right that that wasn't seen by those dudes. Okay. It happened but wait. So it was more dramatic in the movie, right? Right. And you, the listener has no idea what we're saying. Anyway, so this movie is a Hollywood telling of a true, based on a true story, is the, mostly based on it, and then some elaborations to make it more of a movie. Mm. So, let me... Because even though one guy survived, it's still a big fucking downer. Like, it's really, you know, movies, I think, that tend to want to have some sort of, like, Uh moments here and there, when in reality, that doesn't happen. No. Often. I mean, somebody survived, but only one survived. So I don't know how that, you know, it's hard to turn that into a happy ending. I have to say, my um, opinion, I knew about this true story. I'd seen it, I'd read it in the news, um, and I knew that that book was popular. I just, it's the kind of book I would like, have liked to have read, but never got around to reading it. Um. So I knew a little bit about this. I, I, obviously, the title of the um, movie and book is, like you say, kind of... It doesn't yeah. really matter, though, because the actual movie opens on... Yeah. The, the way this movie's structured. You actually see the ending of the movie before it starts. It's that kind of movie. Um, so let me say what I think about this movie, Lone Survivor. I was actually thought it was excellent. Um, and this is why. I thought the direction and the actual cinematography was like, incredible a lot of the time. Um, especially at the beginning when they were on the Ar- Army, Navy base. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of, like, wide um, s- scenery shots and it was 
where they were running around the base and the way like um, Peter Berg, the director, does the um, camera work, like when helicopters are taking off and stuff, it's almost like the camera's on the helicopter somehow, like above it. It's weird. It's really awesome cinematography. The other thing was there's a battle. In, it's a military movie, so there's a battle. It's one of the most realistic feeling. I don't know what a battle's like, but I felt like... the beginning the tension. The beginning of um, Saving Private Ryan is an awesome... I feel like very like how a battle feels like like it's horrible, and this I felt like being like I'm cornered. There's no. Yep. I felt like I was with them, and like, what the hell do you do? Like they they're basically um, running away from the enemy, trying to get away from them because they're outnumbered, and it it just felt claustrophobic and just bad. Like it because it's bad. So I thought it's that not, was. It's not like a John Wayne movie or like no. a war movie where it's just like constant triumphs every single second. No, it's like, like a bad. Yeah. Like because that's reality, and I don't know how real real it is, but it made you feel like I was all wound up. I had the blanket pulled up like over my. The events <laughs> of the movie are real. Like um, what happens to these guys and the actual way it happened is exactly what happened. Um. Well, we don't know exactly. We only well, know the, the, the end guy, result. you know, from what the guy who survived yeah. said. So, um, I felt that, and I thought it was filmed and recorded. Like the sound and everything was excellent. Like the whole thing. I think Peter Berg has a really good eye for making something feel real, and it really did. Um, the other thing was, uh, I think everybody did a fantastic performance. There isn't a bad performance in the movie. Like, nope. Um, Matt Wahlberg, like, um, like, he felt like it. Like he was, sometimes he's a bit goofy, Mike Wahlberg, but he, I felt like he really was being respectful here. Like oh yeah, zero goof. Everybody was being Absolutely. like on the, almost like it made them better because like this is a serious thing and the families still exist and we have to. Yeah, that dude's dad is watching this movie. Right. <laughs> I don't want to look like a and complete I felt asshole. That. It felt like everybody was, you know, we've got to be perfect here. Um, so that made it better than. You know, we've, I've seen a lot of war movies and stuff, even based on real things, where it just feels a bit... Now, there is a bit of... Oh, do you mean like <clears throat> Pearl Harbor, for example? Yeah, something like Ugh. that. But there is a bit of, like, over-sentimentality in this movie, even, I think. A little bit. You know, it's a bit... It gets a bit heart-stringy stuff. You just mean the... Yeah. The duck. Yeah. For that thing. Yeah. But, but uh, then again, if that even any of that happened... Then that is, if that's real, the only reason it feels heart stringy is because the rest of the movie is so hard to take because it's, and I don't think that the camaraderie between the four men is heart stringy at all. It, it has to be. It's just normal. A human, like a, no one understands that kind of pressure unless you're in it. And it can be all kinds of pressure with another human being. It could be that you're. You've got a violent father and you and your brother protect each other or you're in war or it's, it could be anything where the two of you are the only two understand that moment and that it's life and death and real life and death. Not like, you know, oh, we're about getting a bar fight here, boys. It's like real. This is, I was living and now I'm going to probably be dead. And what do we do? And then all the other stuff rushes in. It's hardcore. So I believe all of that, anything that felt sentimental in between them. I felt was probably even toned down that it was in the real life situation. It must be humongous that bond because you're it. You're all you have. 
is each other. Yeah, and there's so, just four of them. They're just on a... It's one of these... But then again, if you think about the dude and his perception at the moment and what happens being, you know, you know, the, the impression he wants to make is that how he felt about it was like, oh, uh, it's un, unimaginably amazing that this thing happened and that's what you're supposed to get out of it. Like, just how, you know, it's people. It's all people, and over here's the people trying to kill me, and over here's the person who wants to help me, and they're all we're all the same, and it's you know. There's a moment in that I thought it was a really good build up because like the the battle, if you mm. call it a battle, happens about an hour into the movie, and you actually see them go from the, just their day to day on the base, and then getting ready and getting pumped up for the mission, and then land and then start to do the mission, and I thought that was really well done because like. I didn't know exactly how the mission goes, and you know the the one time where he says, "I think this mission's cursed" because mm-hmm. it starts to go a little bit wrong, not really badly wrong, just something wrong about it. And then there's a moment where he looks at him and says, "We're going to have to fight now." Yeah, where, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it and it it's a really awesome moment, like because it's like the realization is really like they they look up on a on a what is it like the the edge of the mountain and this. Lots Dude, of men. Yeah. Like, like we're four men and there's 20 men. Because you start off with what seems like it would have to be in these situations. I have no concept of it whatsoever, right? But just thinking about it as a human. Being put in the position of, we're going to do this mission. And obviously, every mission that has to do with these secret ops is either capturing or killing someone who's in the enemy camp. Right? That's just the way it works out. So you're like, yeah, we can do this. Fuck yeah. Now they weren't, they didn't portray it that way, but it's more inside. There's this like, well, yeah, we're going to get that fucker. And we have got the one up on him and he's the bad guy and we're the good guys. And that's it. We can do this. Mark Wahlberg's character is the perpetual. We got this. We got this. We got this. So that's how you're feeling. And then real, and that's not reality, is it? Because you don't know. No. You're, you're being thrown into a meat grinder, no matter what, how you look at, no matter how many men you have, no matter how much, and from the enemy's side as well, you don't know what you're about to deal with. In reality, nobody knows. And in that moment, when he said that to him, get ready to fight. And then he's like, I'm about to punch my time card. It was like, that, that was the line between all the movies we've ever saw, all the training we've ever done, all the cultural things we've Unlike, ever learned about I'm, America's kicking ass. And I'm not thinking they're thinking, oh, we're going to die now. They're thinking, no, we're going to actually win. We're going to, we're U.S. Marines, we're going to that, take this. Though. In that moment, I don't know. I think they thought this is going to happen. My take was we have to get away. And all we can do right now, we just have to fight and get away. Like, that's all they understood, I think. It wasn't like, dun dun dun, we're gonna overcome I think all they the thought, odds. With Marines, we're tra- like, the opening montage of this movie is actually real Marines training and how they get them into, like, a, it's not, it's not like a montage of, I was like, oh, well, they're, they're swimming and stuff, they're Marines and Navy, right? They go, no, it's like how they push them to the edge of everything that you could put, well, yeah. to life on. I wonder know. about that, like, Scientifically, obviously people in military, all militaries around the whole world, are going to have scientists, doctors, people who understand the human body, and understand that, okay, if you took me out on a field and said, okay, you're going to run 10 miles today, and you're going to run it, and I'd be like, yeah, right, and they know I can. 
They've studied it. All they know that is in my way, unless I break my leg, is my mind and me feeling tired and me feeling like I want to stop. So they must under, from those little tiny clips, you just get this feeling that they've figured it all out. And the only thing that breaks a person is either that their physical limitation, say all of a sudden your, your blood sugar drops, you well, that actually one, can't that one help dude it. says that in the opening sequence in the real footage. He says that I, I'm at the edge now. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the end of my, I'm my limit. I've yeah, hit my it. limit. And like, even that. I, is his mind, probably. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, how the people who get through all of that, then they're plunked into these situations where some of that's going to play in there. Like, the thing about pain, enduring pain. But was that guy like that before, and he just is good at it? Or did that training do it for them? Because people do give up, right? So these guys... And the opening thing that he said about we've got a storm inside of us, we've got a river raging inside of us, and that we're always ready for the biggest fight. So there's a personality type that I think was trying to allude to that these people, some of these people, it's just, we're ready. We're ready. And then Well, it's definitely moment, a personality type, and I garnered that from, like, one of the parents of the, uh, one of the dead soldiers said about... Um, he was a dude and he did did a job and stuff and then he, he got to a certain age and he said, I need something to challenge me. Do so something. I'm, Give back. Yeah, like I don't want to go and work behind a desk. I, I'll go and fight for my country. So it's definitely a type of person who's like, I need this challenge or I... Not that I, I want to go and kill people. It's, no. It's like, no, this is going to be a tough thing and I want to do a tough thing and that's what I am like. So yeah, they're really hardcore individuals anyway. The thing is, though, are we all? And we just don't know it. No, well, I don't you, know that every personality type could handle it, but... what could be brainwashed point, into it, though, and that's what, I what liked, that Navy What I really is. liked was they didn't... Now, because they're based on real people, they didn't portray anyone as the... And none of them were the type... You know, I usually get an ensemble cast. Yeah, and one's like this, and what, yeah. Like in Aliens. Yeah. Let's just go to people yeah, who are the cocky and be one, like, the Yeah, the cocky one, there's the reckless one. one, there's the one, yeah, who wants to back out, I just want to get out There's the guy who just will do anything to save himself and not anybody else, and it wasn't that way at all. No, they, they all just all felt like soldiers. Equal. I mean, they had a little bit of difference opinion about one particular situation, but even then it was like, okay, that's what you said, that's what we're doing. So yeah, they I follow really, the leader. Like, yeah. the leader, whatever he said, they said, okay, that's, that's what we do. It was very did. consistent, and you never got that feeling of falling into the trap of, well, let's make one of these guys a little less. It was all equal, I thought. Yeah, and uh, as far as... Another thing I thought was outstanding was the makeup that they used in this movie. Oh, yes. um, especially on Ben Foster. Um, oh, on his, it looked awful. It looked real, it like, looked like, and it was making it, me wince looking at it. He's a method guy, I think. Yeah. Partially method. He might have gone and gotten a fight just so that he had that horrible. It was, it was actually face. making me wince looking at his eye because it was like it was I was awful. like, yeah, I know this is makeup or whatever, but <laughs> but when you have realistic. to remind yourself, yeah. that's how bad it was. Yeah, because okay, I go for a walk, my foot hurts a little bit, and then I'm like, oh, my foot hurts. So imagine falling off fucking mountain, banging everybody, you getting shot five or six times, and then you're still going because. Contrary to what video games tell you and most movies, like James Bond. Yeah, we're not, not everybody, invincible. Not every, well, no. <laughs> that not everybody dies just because you shoot them one time. It depends on where you shoot them. So if you get shot in your forearm and then you get shot in your thigh and then you get shot in your leg and then you get shot in your toe, it's going to fucking hurt and you're going to limp. And you, But if your adrenaline is going, 
these guys just, it was like they were not invincible because it really showed the pain and like, you just felt like, oh, I mean, I kept grabbing my shirt. And that's, I was like, what, ah. that's what I was saying about Peterberg's direction. When they uh, are actually falling, oh, they, they fall down. Oh my God. And he does it in slow motion with it's some, horrible. with this sound. You can hear bones cracking and stuff. I actually felt wincy on it. It was, yeah, it was every like, time. wow, how can a, how can a human body survive any of this? Like, but obviously they do. Like, you know, you know, people. Well, we don't know. But well, people, what yeah. I'm saying is, human bodies do. People have fell out of planes. My yeah, and my mom's. Um, she yeah. doesn't call him her boyfriend because she's 72, but he's 75. Practicing paratrooping for Korea. Training. Jumped out training. Practicing <laughs> training. Jumped out of the plane. Shoot didn't open. And he hit something else, and so they weren't at the highest height. But, I mean, still, he jumped out with a parachute. That's what I mean, open. people. He landed on his feet, like, <laughs> broke both of his ankles and whatever, down, uh, messed up the bottom of his And people survive plane crashes, and they've survived car wrecks, and the body's capable of surviving, isn't it? But this looked to me, and I was like, how can these guys even survive? And they it? sounded awful, and they gurgled the way you would gurgle when you get shot. In I think it was extremely well done. I, I was impressed by this movie, I, I, and I thought it was totally respectful. And I really respect that at the end, he did the slideshow of all the people who mm-hmm. died in this, you know, not died in the movie, died in real life, and didn't rush it. Like, no, it, no. Was, it was a long slideshow, and I was like, this is the right thing to do. Show all these people. This is what this yeah, movie is about. Yeah, because if you're a mindful person throughout the entire movie, like I was just constantly reminding myself, not only was this based on real people who died and did this thing, but it's constantly happening all in the world at all times. Yeah, this is one tiny little mission in yeah, a whole... and even though... But it isn't, because it's... You know, and you know, more than four people have died here. Like, like yeah, yeah. It's not it just, wasn't just about yeah. the four dudes. Ultimately, you couldn't make a movie about all right. look like about twenty people, maybe. Yeah, uh, and they, and he was respectful to show every single one of those guys uh, more than one photo of each guy, and just let it linger. I, I was like, no, don't rush through this because this is more important than the movie, really. Like, and I was, I, I thought that was awesome that he did that. Um, and it was actually a really emotional movie. Yep. I was thinking to myself. The people who are, you know, their brothers, sisters, mums, fathers of these people who died, how could they even watch this movie? Oh, I know. Like, it would be like torture. I don't think I'd want to watch it, but they all did watch it because when they were talking about it, they were saying how they thought it was a perfect portrayal and, you know, so they all did sit and watch it. I don't think I could have watched it. If it was my son, I don't think I could have watched it. Yeah, the movie. but I mean, you also can't, they can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about the fact that he died. You can't undo you it. Can, you can't, but I would it. think it'd be hard to re, to live that. Because you've not lived it as a parent. You don't know what happened. Like, you but know when what that, the, I think that I'm not a parent. I've never lost anybody that intensely close to me in that kind of way. But part of what's so grieving, what you grieve is that you weren't there. You couldn't be there. You couldn't protect them or save them. You didn't know exactly what the last few minutes of their life was like. And so to even get a Hollywood version of it in some way would sort of be a, like a, I don't know, like you're, I don't know. I like what Emil Hirsch said on one of the extras, and he was like about... Emil Hirsch, oh, that's the, right. He he said like, one of the people said to him, you know, you've got to really do this good because... In the future, when somebody looks up this real guy on Google, they're going to see you. 
You're like a representation. Yeah, you're him now. Yeah. Basically. And they're going to go watch the movie and be like, well, that's what that guy was like. So you have to portray this well because you have to portray it well from the side of portraying this guy well, but you also have to portray it well of like what the Marine spirit is and like the Navy SEALs, what they're, you know, you've, you can't make a mockery of it. It has yeah. to be a... So that's why I feel the movie... Basically, was, don't be a smartass. Right. I know it was, and no. I really like that, because they felt like guys on a mission, and it's not... A, you know, they even have some... Right at the beginning of the mission, before anything goes... They're just lying, and they're supposed to... They get to this point, and they're supposed to just wait there for a while. And they're just having a chat like dudes do, and he's talking about his wife, and... And it feels really real, like... And, you know... Because they're people. But the guy who survived <laughs> obviously lived through those conversations. Yeah. So it, but it I mean, like... every person who has a gun in their hand in the name of their country or their beliefs or whatever it is, who is facing eminent danger and or death, is just a person. No one is unloved. Like, there's not one person on this planet who is completely unloved or uncared for by at least one human being. Somebody loves them. Somebody means something to them. They're fighting for something. Right? They believe in something. They're a whole person. Like, every single person. Whether they're your enemy or they're your buddy next to you. So to portray that, you know, you don't turn into a robot just because you get a machine gun in your hand and you're plunked in the on a mountain waiting to kill some bad guy. I, th- you're, I think that's what this portrayed well. Absolutely. The- they're not just men in military uniforms. They're actual men who have... They're men. They're men, a man that you speak to. Everybody. Yeah. And this did portray that really well. So let's move on to the cast talking of men. It is a man movie. Is there any women in this movie? Not at all, right? I don't think so. Did he... Was there even any... There's no, a I don't picture think. of the real wife. Yeah, but no actual women in the movie. So um, Matt Wahlberg plays the lead guy, Marcus Luttrell, um, the lone survivor. Um, he, w- he was... It's one of the best performances I've seen from him. And I think he's a good actor. Boogie Nights is a good piece of acting. Um, and then he does other things like Contraband, where it's okay, serviceable. Like. Generic. Um, but this was an actual... Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain, you know. It was good, though. I mean, he did... It was more of a character. A good, if think about it, he's a good actor, because he can play a very different type of character. But and they don't all seem that different. No, because... But I lost a bit of Matt Wahlberg in this. I wasn't even thinking Absolutely. about it. I was because he's you know, they're soldiers. They're all dirtied up and stuff. And there was occasions where I was like, you know, he's he's. So let's he's not channeled. talk about the cover. It's like Morgan Freeman on the cover. So we know that's not Mark Wahlberg. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It yeah, doesn't it, even look like I him. I think that's Taylor Kitsch in that. In is it? I think it might be. <laughs> I think it's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Morgan Freeman is not in this movie, by it, the way. It was a really good performance by Mark Wahlberg. It was. It's like he was channeling the guy. And I know the guy was there on the set and stuff, helping them out. But it was. It was pretty good. It was. It's not what you would expect from Mark Wahlberg, I don't think. It's a different type of. Uh, and then Taylor Kitsch, who is John Carter in the John Carter movie. He did a really good job. Again. And, you know, I didn't expect that from him. Because when he... He doesn't have, like, a super authoritarian way, like Eric Bana, you know, because you can tell he's a commander guy, he's in charge, and then the commander over him is like, those are dudes who you're like, oh, they're going to bark orders at me, and I'm going to fucking do whatever they say. He is also the commander of this mission, and the way he does it is this perfect balance of... 
I'm your buddy. I'm your pal. We are brothers, and yet, okay, well, I say we have to. You we're going to do, do this. We're yeah. going to do this. We're going to do this. We're good with that. And everybody's like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they, and they I just thought he look did up it. to him. Like. He didn't do it too soft, and he didn't do it too hard. And it was like touchy situation, delicate. He's got three people's lives in his hands. And you could just feel all of that. I thought that was pretty amazing, actually. And then Emile Hirsch plays Danny Dietz. Um, Emile Hirsch, you know, from Into the Wild and The Girl Next Deets. Door. Yeah, Dietz, sorry. Uh, the Into the Wild, The Girl Next Door. Yeah, Into um, the Wild is amazing. He's a, he's a, I've always liked him and I liked what he portrayed here of the, he was like maybe the most naive out of them all. Quieter. Yeah. yeah. And he, not naive. That'd be the wrong thing because he, not, he, he's, but when it come to being injured and everything, he, he was badly injured. Yeah. He was really badly injured. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the kind of injury where you're no longer where you are. Uh-uh. All you know is you've just been, Shot through the middle of you and all the fingers. Your brain is like it's a can't. I, there was a moment focused. where he was looking at his hand because he lost some fingers. And <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> but he, I, the, that that was a really good moment because he was looking at his hand as though not his that, hand. Is that really that? Is that okay? I will. I will, I'm not comparing these situations, but I have cut the end of a finger off before, and it's exactly that. Yeah, this was. I literally... put my finger up, and I was like, uh. And I looked down on the meat slicer, which is where I did it, and there's the tip of my finger. And I was like, your brain is like, that isn't... What happened? Did it because, go back? Uh, they sewed it back on. Oh. <laughs> the guy at the gas station where I worked, it's cutting meat at the gas station, live bait shop, uh, put it in a cup of ice, wrapped my finger super, super tight, and told me to just keep squeezing it and squeezing it. He drove me to the hospital. Within about 45 minutes, the guy had uh, cleaned it up, stitched it back on. And then finally... And I'm uh, thinking, you know what, in that moment, then I was like, oh, God. Oh, and that's all you can focus on. That one injury. That little tip of my finger, right? And this guy and literally days, had lost fingers and yeah. he'd been shot elsewhere also. <laughs> yeah. More and than I'm, one place. And how do you... It's in, in, That's the limit of the human that we think we can't do more than we, we think we can do. And uh, and the guy was just... It didn't pass out. He was just... He just kept going. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, of the four guys, Ben Foster plays Matt Axelson, who's his nickname's Axe. Um, and he is different to the other guys, mm-hmm. but also amazing. Like, like I liked the... If he, any was, of them... he was the, I am here to do this, and nothing will sway me from this. I'm Like, he was always... If you notice when the other guys were kind of relaxing a bit, he never did. He was, yeah. like, looking down his rifle. He was always felt like ready. of all of them, if you were portraying any of them that... I know you don't want to portray any of these people. Now, there are soldiers. I'm going to say something controversial here. Not every soldier in every army is a hero. Some soldiers are just dudes who are assholes, and they're a soldier and an asshole. That's just the way it is. That is reality. You can call, you can argue with me all you want, but being a soldier doesn't make you a saint. And of all the people who had a hint of a little bit more tuned up, if you know what I mean, like ready for... Something, yeah. uh, you well, know. He, was all, he always looked down his rifle. But it was subdued in him in a way that was like, I'm still with my brothers, their life's in my hands, I can't just lose it. And of he all didn't feel ones, nutty, though. No, no, he just no. felt more tense to me. If it was that kind of movie, the the stereotypical, like, made-up army movie, 
He could have been the one that he went He would off. have been the yeah. one who went wild and like started going nuts. But it was tiny. It was just tiny. So it wasn't like a disrespectful, like, oh, that guy was the wild card. Because he wasn't. No. It was more like, I think from fear. The way he portrayed it was, this guy is so, is afraid. And he's just more, you know, like. And then. Uh, isn't it funny how you think about different personalities? Say. You've got four different personalities sitting in a cubicle that they have to share all day at work. And, oh, that lady chomps and that guy's breathing is annoying and that guy plays his music too loud and their personalities don't mix and they got to work together every day. And it's not, it's stupid. It's nothing, right? It's nothing. They still get their job done and they enter their day. And this is a job as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then you take four people with just different personalities. Now, you've been trained really hardcore for your mission, but you're still who you are. And so the thing is, like, you, they didn't portray it as if anybody was the weak link at all. And I can't, I can't imagine that in reality, but I'm not doubting this guy's story. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes when you get more than three people together, somebody's usually the, the weird, you know, the one that's like, falls behind, but nobody did. And then Eric Banner plays their um, sergeant, uh, Eric Christensen. He's brief, but fine. But really good. Yeah, intense. Uh, there was the moment where, like, they went. I could feel that from that guy. Like, we got to go and get our men. Mm-hmm. We, like, screw all the politics shit. We're yeah. going for our men, like. And, and you know, he portrayed that really well. The moment where he had, they had to wake him up was uh, <laughs> interesting. Um yeah, I really liked it, and I'm not 100% sold on Eric Banner, usually. But, yeah, but um, I think it's because there wasn't fit. much of him. No? Yeah, not really, I guess. But he did well. Uh, so this is directed by Peter Berg. We all know Peter Berg. Battleship, he directed uh, Hancock, Friday Night Lights, and Very Bad Things. Are we forgetting you? that he's an actor, and he was in Aliens? He's also an actor. <laughs> uh, Very Bad Things was uh, one of my favorite movies. Was he also in The Abyss? No. I seem to think, who was the one that went wacky in the abyss? One of those dudes did. Oh, that was him. Um, but, yeah, I, f- I found this really well directed and well, whoever did the cinematography, really well. It's a really good looking movie. Um, like it looks like it cost a lot of money to me. Like it, like it, the, all the flight sequences of the helicopters and the base at the beginning and the actual. Yeah. Looked yeah. absolutely real. Like, all of that looked None amazing. of that looked like a CG thing or anything. It all looked absolutely real. I don't know how they did it, but it was pretty cool looking. Um, so, yeah, I like Peter Berg. I think he's really good. I like him as an actor. I like him as a director. I think he takes things very seriously, which I like. I mean, Hancock isn't serious. And you have so. to for this, right? Um, yeah, actually, when you say Hancock, um, he also did Battleship. And Battleship's not a serious movie by any stretch no. of imagination. Yet, on the extras of Battleship, if you go and watch it and watch him talking in the extras, he took that very seriously because he was actually really... The Navy gave him like um, a lot of behind the scenes. They filmed it on one of the naval bases and he was allowed by the Navy to film and be there and he was very respectful and he was like loved the military and he there was a whole thing on that extras where he um, did like a... They put a plaque up and, you know, it was it was for all the people who died on that base and stuff. So he's always been into the military, I think, and, like, into... James Cameron is also another one who's into the military. Um, 
and respecting it. And this story is obviously perfect for him. So there is some extras on here. There's um, like some featurettes, recreating the firefight, learning the basics, Will of the Warrior, and the Pashtun Code of Life. And there's also bringing the story to light and the fallen heroes of Operation Red Wings. So if you really want to know about like the real life thing, there is a little bit of that. Um, and the most one that I'm out found most interesting was the Pashtun Code of Life, which actually talks to the real guy. Mm-hmm. Um, An Afghani. A real Afghani guy who was part of the story. crucial in, <laughs> yeah, in the story. Yeah. But that was really cool. And Peter Berg sits down to dinner with him. and Because one of the main things, as I'm watching the first whole two-thirds of the movie, I totally get it. I understand. When you're at war and the the philosophy of your way of life, even though in America we're all very, very, very different, I get it. But we still have sort of a cohesive, you know, just like England does, just like Australia does, every Canada has. You have a a thing about this is our way of life generically, and this is what we believe to be the way of a country, blah, blah, blah. And as you're watching this, I was like, I get it. You know, the the soldiers are in part of the, in involved in the war against people who are hurting other people because of their own beliefs and their views of the world. And to some degree, arguably, you either have to stop them or you let them take over whatever, you know, I mean, it's a, so through most of the movie, I get it. I get it. You're fighting the bad guys. These are the bad guys. These guys are assholes. Maybe we're assholes to them, but for right now, as I'm observing it, I'm like, okay, all of these Taliban, Afghan, I don't know if they're Afghanistan people, but they're a Taliban, all bad guys, bad guys, bad guys. And I was afraid at one point I thought, oh, you know, people are going to be like, yeah, kill them all, kill them all. And I thought, because there are people going to be thinking that, right? And I don't want it to reflect like, Oh, here's a movie where America wants to just obliterate everyone, everyone of these kinds of cultural different people. And then as you get through the movie, it shows you, no, there are assholes and there's a group of assholes called the Taliban. And then the other citizens who live there just want to live their life. Not everybody agrees with the Taliban. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone does. And it totally redeemed that whole thing because I was like, awesome. I think that's why this story is very interesting because it very. does have some shades of that. Like, it, it's not just, hey, America. Let's, yeah, um, because let's say someone from another country hates, um, you know, like during the Reagan years, for example. And that symbolized to a lot of people America was greedy and our conservative Republicans were like a bunch of greedy assholes who wanted to just control freaks and run the world. Well, I didn't support Reagan. I didn't, I wouldn't vote for Reagan or Bush. That's not my philosophy of life, but I'm lumped in because my leader or the people who are most visible represent the thing that those other people don't like. So when we think Afghanistan, Iraq, Taliban, we just unfortunately blanket everybody with that. And I love that in this movie it, it portrays exactly it breaks that up to where you go I mean people are decent. They're just the assholes of the world who ruin it for everybody. And I mean the people in this movie who are beyond decent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um because so, of their views and because of their beliefs and right. of, of being a human, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, and also a special note, I must say, for the Blu-ray is the sound during that fight with the bullets whizzing around is insanely good. It's, you can hear bullets hitting wood. You can hear, like, it, it's everywhere. 
all over the room. There was parts where there was dialogue, and then you could just hear bullets like whapping the back of the, the room. Really excellent. Like makes you feel like you're there, definitely. So um, yeah, a bunch of extras, quite good extras, and quite well better yeah. than good movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, this is a recommendation totally for me. Like, um, if you've got any soul at all, or any, <laughs> if you don't. That's- <laughs> if you have a soul, you will appreciate it. should watch If this. you don't have a soul. That should be the cover uh, uh, on the cover, shouldn't it? If you have a soul, you watch need to watch one. this. <laughs> so uh, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. If you want to win um, last week's movie, non-stop, I've got two Blu-ray copies to give away. Go to acecully.com. Seen it. Don't care. Enter the contest. Uh, <laughs> and you can win a copy of the Blu-ray. Uh, so do that. acecully.com, the non-stop contest. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be the Lego movie. So that's total contrast to Lone Survivor. Um, we'll be looking at that next week. So movie recommendations. I am going with one is a military movie and one is a Peter Berg acting. A, a movie with Peter Berg acting in it. And I have recommended it before. The Last Seduction. It's Peter Berg and Linda Florentino. Uh, it's a really awesome, like, noirish. Um Thriller, would you call it? I don't remember it, so I don't know. It's really excellent. I, I've always loved it. It's got a really cool twist to it. Um, that you, I don't say anymore because that's not fair. No, uh, what I'm saying is, it's the kind that I, I still now, if I watch it again, I forget it and don't see it coming. It's weird. Um, it's a good twist and excellent performance from Peter Berg. Uh, and I think it was like when he was like new to movies and stuff. You know, it's it, you know before I'd even knew who it was. Bill Don't Pullman. you think telling people there's a twist in a movie is unfair? Because then all you're thinking about the whole time is you're waiting for a twist. It's like a spoiler of sorts. No, I, I always forget that they said that by the time I watch it. Okay, you, but not everyone. Um, and my second, that's called The Last Seduction. And my second one is Jarhead, which is a another military movie from, you know, recent times with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, also based not on... Not that recent. No, in, I, I mean not like a classic or ago. anything. It's in, um, but also based on a true um, life story. Um, not as ba- not based as much as... A, it was more of a generalised, but it's a really excellent... More of an experience movie than it is about an event. Movie. But I thought Jarhead did a really good... Because um, he was a sniper. And not many movies deal with like a certain thing. They deal with soldiers. And interestingly enough, there was no sniper in this... Um, I think Mark Wahlberg was. He didn't have a sniper rifle. They just had an assault rifle. Mm. None of them had a sniper rifle. Because there were a few lines directed at him, and each time it was about the fact that he could shoot long distance very well. They all had had an assault rifle, though, I noticed. Which was, unless they were multi-purpose or something. But, like, Jarhead's actually about snipers. The guys who just lie on the floor for days and wait for the target to come and take one shot and take it out. It's a really excellent movie, and... Well, I thought, how I thought it was really good, Jarhead, was it had a really good, um, like, like Full Metal Jacket where they're in training and it, it makes it seem super intense. Full Metal Jacket's the best one ever, but it captured that, you know? So your recommendations are? My recommendations are... I forget. Where'd I put them? Right there. Oh, right at the bottom. Battleship. Because I know there's not great. It's Peterberg. I took a, took a page from your book and recommended things that are semi-related to this movie in that battleship. I actually didn't hate it. I, I, I was surprised 
I... It's, it's like an Independence Day or whatever, just like hokey, but it's still... It's hokey, but it's not that hokey. It's got really good aliens, like really good. Taylor Kitsch was in that one too, wasn't Correct. It? And that's where I found and it. Rihanna. And I recommend John Carter because it's not fantastic either, but I really, really love the idea. The concept of it, to me... It's amazing, and it looks cool, and... No, I think John Carter's really good. It's a shame that it flopped. It's epic. It's epic. Because it was a three... It was supposed to be three movies, and we'll probably never see any more of it. It's a shame, because I thought it was high quality. I think it was too epic for its own good. Disney spent a lot of money making it. It got delayed. They spent more money. Pixar did some special effects. It was one of those, like, production hell kind of movies. And it wasn't a bad movie. To actually watch, it's actually a fun movie. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a good sci-fi. The city that moves, that was cool. Yep. Um, so yeah, people, I think it's tarred under the brush of, oh, there's that bad movie that Disney Yeah, made. but it's but not. But it is not a bad movie. You should see it if you haven't. Uh, if you like sci-fi. Uh, so games and a scully stuff this week. I talked about Watch Dogs last week. I've been playing lots more Watch Dogs. It's a huge game. Um, I can see me playing it for the rest of the month, to be honest. It's I thought you were saying for the rest of my life. Uh... And PlayStation Plus gave some free games away this week. Uh, one of them was Pixel Junk Shooter on the PS4 and the Vita. So if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you get this free uh, on both systems. Um, so I've been playing it on the Vita this week. Uh, it's, an, it's a game I already owned, actually, from quite a while ago. It came out on the PS3 a couple of years ago, and I, I bought it. And you'll remember it, probably. It's Pixel Junk. They, they do, like, a really specific like art style the, the kind of indie and it's the one where you're like going into caves in a little ship and you're rescuing little dudes mm-hmm. yeah well they've made the ultimate version of that so they put it on the ps4 it's got better graphics it's ultimately the same game though i mean it's if you've played it before it's the same game but it looks better and they've added a multiplayer mode and it's kind of an old school side scrolling like yeah. asteroids a little bit but you're picking up little men it looks and- hard yeah, it's really cool, though. Uh, but, and it's free now if you're a PS4, well, PS Plus member. Um, and that's all I've been playing this week. But the big news would be uh, E3 is Monday. Uh, so next week is E3 all week. Uh, and if you don't know what E3 is, it's my favorite time of year where the video game industry all get together and uh, show you what is upcoming in the next year, usually. Like, I was going to say... Yeah, it's kind of what's coming for the next year. So you get a glimpse into what Sony, Microsoft, Ubisoft, all them people are going to be making. Um, and E3 this year, last year was really exciting because it was when they announced the new consoles. And that doesn't happen very often, so it was all exciting. This year, because those are all out now, it'll concentrate on the games. And I'm hoping there's lots of surprises. You know, games that I don't know about, games that I really... Shenmue 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's it. Yeah. Shenmue. I'm a massive fan of Shenmue. I'm not the only person because I f- I follow people on Twitter. There's a big Twitter campaign to bring back Shenmue. It was a Sega game from the Dreamcast era that was supposed to be seven games and only got only two of them got made. So it's kind of there's a big cliffhanger that it's left on, and we maybe never will see the ending of it. Um, but there's been some rumblings that maybe Sega will be bringing Shenmue back. It's all unconfirmed stuff. E3 might confirm something. Who knows? I said to you, I don't really care. Like, Shenmue 3 might not happen. But how about Shenmue 1 and 2 is remade in high def, like, for the new consoles? That'd be cool. I'd like to play it again. It's hard to go back and play it 
on on the Dreamcast because it's not even widescreen anymore. You know what I mean? It's the, there's a there's a you know technically it could be a lot better now. Clearly, I would like somebody to do that. <laughs> Add trophies to it and all that. You have kind a of sad thing. look on your face. Um, but we'll see what happens at E3. The, all the press conferences are on Monday. I'll watch them all. See, so, Jimmy was back in the pure days of gaming. You just played that game because you loved it. You didn't give a shit about achievements or any of that. Like an experience. Don't like, need any of that. You yeah. just love the games. So you don't need any of that now. Shenmue is a really cool game. If you've never played it, you can play it on the Dreamcast. Shenmue 2 is also on the Dreamcast. You can also play Shenmue 2 on the original Xbox. It came out on the Xbox. Uh, but you can't play the first one. So you have to have a Dreamcast if you want to play both of them. <laughs> and we do. Yeah. So um, that is it for me for games this week. So Sita, what's for dinner? Uh, Subway. Because I don't really want... Subway or Jimmy John's. Depends. Jimmy John's is drive through Subway means I have to go to the car, but Subway Jimmy John's is sounds quite good. Yeah. I prefer Subway. I actually, at the moment, prefer Jimmy John's. Hmm. But only because... I we've we I've not really had it as much. True. And it tastes really good. Subway tastes really good too. I think they both taste good, but it's kind of a novelty because I'm like, oh, I've not really had this one that much. <laughs> novelty. <laughs> um, and my advice? Do you know my advice? It's clear. Yes. Don't be an asshole. I think you might have given that advice. I think before. I've given that advice because it's good advice. Okay. Okay. If I think a thing. I'm not an asshole, by the way. No, no, you're not an asshole. No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> asshole is specific to me. Asshole is someone who encompasses, in, embodies this, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. You know, like a ball and a pinball machine? Just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, I'm going to... Like I, bullish. Yes, and... Or sneaky, or manipulative, anything where if it's not overtly bullish, it's. Um, I have strong opinions. Doesn't think it's clear. So are you. However, an I've been an asshole before. I can have asshole behavior. We all do. We all have little asshole moments. Actually, it's asshole. Asshole. Asshole behavior. We all have little moments of it where it's like, me, 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 me. I want this. I want that. You know, in your inner voice is just like, uh, uh, me, 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 me. Right? And it's momentary and you either get your way or you don't and you move on. An asshole who is just an asshole. Every waking moment almost of their life is about getting their back. Getting their own, getting their me, me, me. This is what I think. And if you don't fucking agree with me, I'm either going to batter you until you do, I'm going to manipulate until you, or I'm going to make you so afraid of me that you're going to lie to me and pretend that you agree with me. Now, that can be, I'm not talking about, you know, even horrible war situation. I'm not even talking about, like, Taliban or some other organization. And There are a lot of other countries right now and lots of turmoil where there's a group who's trying to bully their way in with kinds of views and ways that, seem oppressive, right? That's They're not the only ones. I'm talking about in little ways, even. And I've talked about it before, but it could be anything. It could be, like, the littlest thing. You could be talking about a movie, and I could say, you know, oh, you know, Catwoman is, like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And you're going to say, no, it's awesome. That movie's awesome. And I was like, well, I disagree. I just think that it's, no, that movie's awesome. Like, shut up. It's awesome. I'm right. You're wrong. Shut the fuck up. 
that's being an asshole. Because you have, there is like a brick wall in your brain. Hmm. 100% brick wall. Not like little cracks here and there that I have on certain topics where I'm like, I see your point of view, but I don't agree with you. You know I mean? I just think, and there's the, that's what is closed up, isn't it? Like, and bullish. Like this little closed mind that's got prickly fucking bombs all over it that just works its way through the world, dominating, trying to dominate everything. And I don't like it. So don't be that. Don't be that. I mean, you can be a jerk sometimes. I can be a jerk. I'm be- I can be bitchy. I can be, you know, I'm sure it's not a surprise to anyone. I say my opinions, but I'm totally, I want to hear everything you have to say about your opinion. And I'll be happy to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> And with that sort of attitude, like, I just disagree with you. Just because I don't agree with what you say doesn't mean anything bad. But if you're trying to tell me what to think, we all know my motto. Think for yourself or someone's going to do it for you. It's the assholes who want to do it for you. Those are, that's what I'm talking about. So if you think in your life, like, say you have kids and you have a political view and your kid even hints at not agreeing with you, just give up. It's not your, none of your business what your child learns to think about the world and about politics or religion. It's not up to you to decide. So all of a sudden, you've decided to impose your thing on them. That's kind of assholey. So, don't be an <laughs> asshole. And um, I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sitar.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on Stitcher. That's stitcher.com. Why is it called Stitcher? I don't know, but see, that's like the only advice you really need in this life. True. All my other advice is good, but that. Well, to listen to this podcast. That and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Listen to this podcast, all your problems will be solved. And uh, you can catch it on the iTunes Music Store, the wherever Microsoft has, and the. We need to. It's not Zoom, so I have to take Zoom off that sheet. Um, and the RSS feed. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe there. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Um, I was going to say because you're an asshole. No. But no, you Don't think. You're not automatically a jerk or an asshole just because. She doesn't want to hear from you. Okay. (laughs) And. um, I do. But the problem is it gets mixed up with assholery. And stay classy. All the members of the military and and this particular. Be classy. Yes. If you're not classy already, just because you're in the military doesn't make you classy. So if you are in the military and you need to improve your classiness and reduce your assholiness, and you know what's then funny do it, about that? Because you know what you're representing. You're representing the protection and the the you know this in in human life we have to have a strong arm. I don't. It's just the way we are because we're stupid. We're too stupid to figure out that we all are in this together, right? So unfortunately. Each society needs a strong arm to protect. You know, the arm that comes up to protect everybody behind it. If you are in that, and you even po- if anyone's ever even possibly told you that you act like an asshole, unless it's in the moment of duty and it's like an unavoidable or whatever, think about it. Think about what you were supposed to represent. And why I wanted to say stay classy about this movie is Ron Burgundy does make he does he has mentioned once and he, he does make an appearance. He does. It's very bizarre. <laughs> and but makes it very human. Very. Because you identify with those people. So Anchorman is part of this movie somehow. Well, and, tiny uh, sliver. I thought it was pretty 
So is home decorating, and so is the talk of a marriage, and Arabian horses. What kind of stuff. I want to be on you. Is also <laughs> that line. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Don't even think like me. I don't give a shit. Just think for yourself, because somebody will do it for you.